Mecca is a place where all things are possible. True activism. True activism. Fighting classism. Fighting classism. Racism. Racism. And sexism. Sexism. Stories grown from the root. Stories coming with truth. Marching together. Together. Fighting together. Together. Building together. Together. We are doing this for us. On okay. the ground level. Hey everybody, this is Perky from the For Us Nation and on the Ground Level Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can stream this podcast on all streaming platforms that includes Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and more. You can also find us at forestnation.com or org to find out what's going on with our nonprofit. Thank you guys for tuning in and please use hashtags on the ground level and hashtag for us nation to make us more visible to other people because we have special guests such as Hercules here who is on his political run and we wish him all the best. I personally will not be able to stay tuned for the whole interview, but I'm excited for this and we're also excited to have more guests. So please find our link in our social media at Forest Nation so that you can be our next next guest and we can also introduce you to the whole world. And we're also working on our directory so that more black businesses are visible to everybody. So again, find us at Forest Nation and on the ground level and thank you. All right, so she's live from Los Angeles. Thank you so much, girl. I know you got to work and everything, so she'll be back later, but we're here now. So I'm Kira. I'm another co-founder here at Forest Nation. I'm actually the producer of this specific episode because I'm here in Brooklyn and I'm going to vote for Hercules tomorrow because I'm voting early, early. Um, so tell us, I don't want to read your bar. I want you to introduce yourself to the people on the ground level. So go ahead. Who are you? Sure. <laughs> Uh, my name is Hercules Reed. Uh, yes, that is my real name. Um, the son of two Jamaicans who came to America with a vision and a dream to provide for a family, to create a family, and that their children would grow up and be someone or something in society. Uh, my mom, special education teacher of 32 years. My dad, he was a union construction worker. And so he used his hands and joined the trades to help build our city. I'm born and raised here in New York. I'm through and through New Yorker. And I love calling Brooklyn home. Uh, I'm in the East Flatbush, where is a large concentration of Caribbean folks. So whether you're Trinidadian, Guyanese, Jamaican like myself, um, a lot of folks who live here were born somewhere else, came here and started a life. And so similar to my upbringing, um, I'm running for office because I wanna continue to fight for families like mine. Um, I started to get involved when I was in college. Uh, First, I went to Delaware State University, historically black college, where I studied psychology. Um, Then I went on to City Tech, downtown Brooklyn, where I got a bachelor's and associate's degree in architectural technology. But it was when I was in college, I joined the student government I became the student government president back in 2015 at City Tech, advocating for higher education, public higher education, right? And we crossed over all the issues because any issue that affects someone at home affects someone in the school because it's a crossover. You leave home and you go to school or you stay home because you can't go to school. Um, And so whether that's housing, transportation, food insecurity, um, you know, financial aid, tuition costs. These were things that we were fighting for as, as students. 
Um, and one thing that I realized was that as I was going into these rooms and these places and spaces, we were not there. Uh, whether it was people of color or people who were my age range, right? Where a lot of what they were talking about <clears throat> was directly impacting us or the people coming behind us. And so I took it upon myself to continue fighting, to continue showing up and being in these rooms and using my voice. Um, and that led me on to being a legislative director for all 26 CUNY campuses in CUNY, um, fighting for public higher ed at the city, state, federal level. Um, and then I went on to work at Broken Borough Hall with uh, now Mayor Eric Adams. Um, and during that process, I got to work on his campaign for mayor and work at City Hall. Um, and so just to wrap up my bio, <clears throat> I currently work at the School of Construction Authority, um, designing and building schools around our city. And I'm running for the New York State Assembly because I thought it was time for me to step up and use my experiences and my skills to serve my community in which I live in. And so I'm ready, I'm excited, and I'm young. And I think yes. it's time that young leaders are the ones stepping up to these places and spaces. Yes, I've been a leader myself. I see so much of myself in your story, you know, like growing up in Brooklyn, parents are Trinidadian, separate. my parents are in Trinidad right now, actually, they go back and forth. They became citizens in the United States in the 2017 kind of like election kind of thing. So, you know what I mean? It's like really growing up with an immigrant background, you spend a lot of your time back in that homeland. You, you operate, I tell people all the time, like you operate in America at a different level. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not just like, oh, let me just sit around. It's like, no, let's vote. Let's, you know, because you just have that urgency. And I think we can look into Trinidad, my husband's Dominican, look into DR, look into Jamaica and see how the political landscape there. And it's like, we have right. privileges in that way in this country. You know what I mean? Because we can see it. A lot of Americans don't have that. You know, they don't have passports, they don't travel. You know, I think that just gets us to a higher, a higher consciousness to begin with. And I think you're, you really in, are inspiring to me, like motivating and you impress, you're impressive, you know? Well, let's get into the questions. <laughs> what inspired you to get into the political race? You kind of mentioned a lot of it, you know, shout out to the mayor, Eric Adams endorsement. I thought that came out recently in the press and stuff, so that's dope. But I'm also asking now, like, what was your final like push? Like, no, I'm doing this, like, I'm not gonna, what was that moment for you? It's interesting question, um, and I often struggle to answer it because it's not a clear story. Um, I know that my in 2015, when I was just running for student government um, to be president, I was hit by a car. Uh, I was riding my bicycle, and a car ran a red light and hit me off my bike. And during that time of healing, uh, I, I realized a lot. One, what life is like when you can't help yourself and how traumatizing and stressful that experience is. Um, but also that we need people fighting for safer streets so that people aren't getting hit by cars running red lights. And you know, sometimes representation is really that simple. Like you have an issue that's that simple and personal to you and you wanna go out there and fight. Um, and I think fighting through my healing, which was you know going to physical therapy every day, I'm fighting through, I'm still running for student government president, but I can't really go nowhere. And then being a student at the same time, it drew a level of passion to serve because I had to fight through all of these obstacles to get where I was. And I think when I got there, I took it a little, I took it more seriously, I think, than the average individual that was just elected and now they have the position. 
Um, and then as well as I was going on this journey, I, like I said, I went to school for architecture. So I wanted to be a black architect. I also wanted to be a track and field athlete and go to the Olympics, you know, as a Jamaican. Um, and, and every time, you. <laughs> yeah, every time I try to leave the world of public service and go in a different direction, the universe kept bringing this back into my face. You know, I mentioned being hired as a legislative director. What I didn't say then was I didn't even apply for the job, right? I actually was looking to go upstate New York, train for the 2020 Olympics and use like two years after from 2017 to 2020 to just try to get there and forget about everything else. And once I had things set up, I got a phone call like his, this job opportunity in the city, you know, to continue doing what you've been doing. And I was just like, hmm. And I took it. I chose the students. I chose the people. And, um, you know, from childhood, my parents instilled in me in the value of service, community, and giving back. And so it started from a child and what I was exposed to, to growing up and having opportunities and having to fight and see what we didn't have and why am I first seeing six figures in my student loan debts before my income. Um, you know, these were things that were just like, oh, they're not getting it, right? Yeah. We're fighting yeah. for public education yeah. to be free. And the people stopping it from happening went to college for free back in the 70s. You know what I did, Tarkisa, I tell people a lot of time is that also we're going into a world where education and the value of education is being depleted. I mean, look what they said to Joe Biden's a president's wife. You know, why should she be a doctor? That was like the first story that came out about her when he got elected. And it's like, right out the gate, they're trying to say like, overeducated, you know what I mean? That's another big part of it. They don't want people who look like us and others to be educated. Right. It's a real part of their plan, you know? So we have to start bring, calling that out too, you know? Where it's like, we keep fighting, fighting, like where's the backlash? Why are we keep fighting? Like why it's not people just look up? You know, we gotta explain why we're fighting. It's because it's something that people don't just never really want. Representation, yeah. black leader and representation, it's not something that's out there. So this is what we do. But love, love that. Did you, would you say like your family was political, you think? Like, did you watch a lot of like CNN or like TV and all that stuff, MSNBC growing up? You exposed to it? Uh, I think growing up, the most I was exposed to was just the news. Um, I think it's a very Caribbean thing that they have the news going 24 7. I remember my grandmother, you know, from 5 a.m., that eyewitness news. Do, 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 do. This is eyewitness news. So, like, you know, I, I grew up being aware of the world around me um, and what was happening, you know, the good and the bad, and just always realizing it was like always bad things for the most part on the news or tragedies. Um, my family was not political at all. You know, when I think about my dad, he's one of those who are like the Democrats and the Republicans have failed us. And my mom, she's one of those. I do what your dad tells me to do, you know? And so growing up, it was confusing. So like, you know, Democrat or Republican, but wait, everybody's Repu everybody's a Democrat in New York. So I wouldn't want to be a Republican then. But wait, the Democrats aren't getting it right for us. You know what I'm saying? And, and then learning history and all these things, I didn't really get involved until Obama, as many, was running for president. Um, and that was the closest I got to saying like, all right, politics is in my universe now. 
But outside of voting for president, that was it. It's really Obama. I'm trying to just be whatever he said. It's like a version of that. Because before that, I don't I don't even know what votes even do. You know, it's his presidency. Yeah. I think that was, and our generation helped. You know, I don't know if you were voting, but I was the first president for time I ever voted in my life was President Obama. So it just instilled this kind of like you like your votes do matter because you're part of the historical presidency, and it just catapults from that. And then Black Lives Matter and things that affect us are like issues that people are putting on the ballot. So. It's easier, I think, to be political nowadays than when you were yeah. younger. It gives to understand and to get into it. I mean, I remember OJ Simpson more from my youth than anything else, you know? Um, okay, cool. So I wanted to let you know that Force Nation is a part of like the When We All Vote uh, initiative with Michelle Obama. Um, how do you think these types of like organizations assist candidates like yourself? Sorry, can you say that question again? So I was saying that we're uh, affiliated with the When We All Vote. It's like Michelle Obama's kind of initiative to get people inspired just in voting. Like she says all the time, she's not political, but it's important. You should know who your local leaders yes. are. You know, you're running for a local state election. How do you think programs like When We All Vote, she did a whole summit, help people like you in these smaller counties now, smaller towns, get people, you know, you think it's helpful? Yes, no, 100%. I think that civic engagement is super important and going back to something we spoke on earlier education is the greatest equalizer it is education is key um and that looks like in the classroom and out the classroom and some of the out the classroom and in the classroom conversations should be around civic engagement that at 16 years old you can get involved you can actually get elected and sit on your community board you could be a county committee member at 16. Right. And at 18, if you didn't get there at 16, you could do almost everything. You could vote. You could run for county committee. You can run for a, 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 a district leader and like really have a say so in your own community. A lot of people don't know this. And one of the things that we're looking to do as a campaign um, <clears throat> and, and when we get into office is bringing civics back into our schools, uh, exposing our young people to even student government and student council and the importance of creating clubs on campus and operating them. Learning those management, real soft and hard skills right in school. So that when you go into, I remember when I was a student government president and a lot was happening and I said to myself, I said, you know what? Life must be just like this. It just looks different. Like everywhere I go, it's probably gonna be just like this, but it'll look different. And it's true but I wouldn't have had that experience without getting involved. And so I think we need more groups and organizations that are focused on bringing civic education back because that looks like empowerment. Absolutely, I love how you said that. So when someone sees you, right? And they're like, oh my God, you're wasting your time. You know, politics is not real, you know, the naysayers. How do you respond to like the backlash? Well, these days, unfortunately, because of the state of politics and our uh, America, most people are saying that. Why are you running? How are you any different? What are you going to do with the last person is not going to do? You know, I voted for this person and they never did nothing for me. Why should I vote for you? I don't even want to vote Democrats because Democrats are this. I don't want to, you know, like I've heard it all. And what I tell people is like, look, um, what you've experienced is what I've lived through. While you were experiencing the trauma of voting for someone who did nothing for you, I was a kid growing up in that universe where nothing was being done, right? 
I'm the kid now again facing these student loan debts, facing these high rent costs, facing you know a bad education, like all of the things that are byproducts of electing people who've done nothing has directly impacted my life and is currently impacting my life, making me concerned about my own future and the future of raising people behind me. And so I tell them like, your concerns are my concerns. You know, if you're a small homeowner and a landlord, so are my parents. And if you're a tenant, so am I. You know, the, you know, again, being raised by Caribbean parents who again, fought for me to have these opportunities. I know that we're all no different in this fight. So I try to make sure they understand like we're in this together, but I'm 29 years old and saying, Either I can sit on the sideline or I could be the leader that we all need in this community that you know you've said over and over again, it's time for people to step up and step out. Especially the older generation who's saying, you know, not even just the older generation, but a lot we're hearing, especially about black men, right? That we are often a part of the problem and not the solution. And so I tell them like, look, I'm answering the call. Here I am. So what are you going to do with this information? I literally like throw it back at them. Here I am. Right. <laughs> what are you going to do with this? In the face. That's what I read here from your website. I kind of pulled that already when I asked that. I'm like, it seems like you're a person that already matches what you are fighting for, you know? And it's, that's what everyone says that they're looking for in politics. You know what I mean? You're looking for someone that understands it, someone who gets it, they're from the community, someone who, you know, the constituents, that's what they want. And you are that. You are a walking version of what you're standing for. So... For me, you shouldn't even get that flash. Just go read about him and then go vote for him. It's like, <laughs> if you got it, you know, that's where I'm at with it. But, um, okay, so we're going to wrap up a little bit. I told you that we have similar background. My parents are from Trinidad and Tobago. My grandparents kind of migrated here in, like, the 1969, and around that time. So, like, Black leadership and growing up with wokeness and everything now that's consciousness, Juneteenth, and just the background was always very present in my life because that's just how it is. That's the benefit, I say, of growing up West Indian American, kind of. How will you though get to work on day one? You know, how, what, what are some of like your plans, something specific that you can kind of leave some of our listeners and viewers with so that we know when we vote for you that you're gonna do it? Yeah, uh, we have a full throated vision for our campaign and community that um, listeners and viewers can check out at herculesread.com um, and click on the vision section. We have about 12 different issue items that we've addressed with a vision and plan to make change. Uh, my number one focus, once we get in, um, is around education. Because um, as I mentioned earlier, I believe education is the greatest equalizer. And as we look at all the other issues that we may be facing, if we educate our community, which then turns into empowerment, a lot of those other things may start to dwindle down. Um, and so what that looks like, you know, again, in the classroom, out the classroom, how do we support families from birth to profession? That is the focus point, right? So from birth, we're looking at midwives and doula services and programs where we're encouraging more people to become midwives by incentivizing midwifery programs in our college system. Uh, we want to open up doula certifications to more people. So that and expose them to that so more people can be duly certified, right? So that the mother and the father, because they also play a very vital and important role, know how to go through this process as stressless as possible, because we know stress impacts the baby. 
Now the baby's out. You know, parents got to get back to work. Free child care and or super affordable child care so that the kid can go somewhere, be taken care of while the parents can go back to work and put food on the table, right? Now we're talking as we go into uh, middle school and high school, learning while earning, LWE, where we're incentivizing kids to learn by then connecting them with job and internship opportunities, hopefully that are paid, where they can get real life experience alongside what they're studying in school. I just created something like that for this client of mine. It was something like he's trying to create an apprenticeship program and I put it on the ad. I said, it's a learning and earning program. I like those words. Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, no. I mean, I know there's definitely versions of it around, but it's a lot also about expansion and building more exposure around it, building private and public partnerships where we have a lot of these companies. You know, right now in New York City, we have SYEP, but how do we engage that year round where we have kids having opportunities um, where they again have more of an incentive to learn? Uh, bringing back arts and culture into our schools, financial literacy um, into, into our spaces. We can't just ask for money and then expect people who don't know how to invest and save are gonna use it wisely. Um, so we have to educate our folks. And then outside of, you know, K through 12 or zero through 12, we now have the rest of our lives to worry about, right? Higher education or not. Um, everybody is not meant for necessarily college right away. So we're looking at trade and vocational schools. How do we, again, build the exposure and access to these things? Like my dad, 32 years, construction worker, union job, benefits for himself and his family, you know, good pay and retirement now, you know, 32 years later. So bringing those programs back or adding the exposure to them. And then for those who want to go to college, uh, breaking down any barriers that look financial, right? So making it free and or super affordable, uh, making sure financial aid covers all the gaps um, so that people aren't choosing not to go to college um, because of, you know, financial scenarios. And I believe if we can do this for our community, get them from cradle to now a degree or a version of a profession, you know, a lot of those other issues, I believe truly within my heart will start to dwindle away, move in the right direction. Um, and so that's my vision from day one, laying that out. And, and making that possible. Sounds absolutely amazing. So we are wrapping up again to the end here. I don't want you to cut us off here. Any final words? I know everyone's voting. It's early voting. We've been sharing that on our side. I'm going to go vote tomorrow. If not, because I'll make it back and forth in fun today. Anything else that you want to leave us with? Anybody else that we yeah. should be voting for that you're endorsing or something? Sure. I'm, I'm 29 years old. Again, I want to reemphasize that because I'm the youngest person on the ballot. I'm ready to step up and make the change that we need to see. And I need everyone to support me because often it's, 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 it's when we are not supported that we then go and make other decisions to look for support other places. And so if this community supports me, there's nothing that we can't do together. Um, election day is the 28th, as was mentioned, you could vote every day from now until then. And so we invite everybody to come out. If you live in East Flatbush, Brownsville or Canarsie, or if you remember that Nick Perry was your assembly member, uh, this is where I'm running and looking to represent because um, he went on to be the ambassador of Jamaica and there's a real opportunity for change. And yeah, so for sure. I ask for folks to give me a chance, 
right? And let me show you versus tell you what is possible. And when I win, I'm coming back to these folks, to these listeners and these viewers, so we can sit down and map out our path forward. I'm looking forward to living in this community, growing in this community for as long as I can. And I'm ready to represent it in the New York State Assembly. Um, so thank you uh, for us nation, for having us um, here. We look forward to coming back another time soon. You're making Brooklyn so proud, let me say. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This is on the ground level. We're here with Hercules Reed. We're wishing him the best of luck in his upcoming race. Nobody's gonna win. We're just gonna put it out into the universe. And we'll hope to have him on the ground after, you know, he's had time to be in the office to see what he's done. Awesome. See you guys next time.